furniture, appliances, mattress. Fam.news. Should chat GPT scare the living daylights out of you or get you really excited? We're going to talk with an industry expert who's all things tech and all things mattress nerd. Yeah, Mike Magnuson is back. The Galaxy's second greatest mattress podcaster is here. <laughs> the Dos Marcos show begins right now. If I won't have it in my house, I won't deliver it to yours. I truly live by that. The Englander collection fits in perfect with that. It's one of the best products mattress-wise that I have sold. My $2,000 Englander is somebody's five grand bed in another retail store. To any retailer out there, you should really look at Englander and get them on the floor today. Learn more and get started today at englander.com. Welcome to the Dos Marco Show with Mark Kinsley and Mark Quinn. The galaxy's greatest mattress podcast has liftoff in... You almost told the truth there. You almost had it as, as the best. I asked well, ChatGPT, like, who is the Galaxy's second greatest mattress podcaster? And your face flashed up there. I'm like, this thing is brilliant. <laughs> well, it may not react to that. If you said distant second, it might pop up. <laughs> hey, before we do get started, though, I, I will say this. I, I, I'm going to let you know that one of our top 10 most consumed pieces of content of all time on fam.news is a Mic It Up podcast. And I was going to wait to tell you at, at Sushi Panza Palooza what it's going to be, but I'll go ahead and tell you, it was the episode that you did, you and Cass did, yeah. about great mattress brand campaigns and marketing oh, really? campaigns. Yeah, that yeah. made the top 10. Nice. That's awesome. awesome. Well done. That was a it fun was one. 10. Yeah. It was number 10, but you still made the top 10. <laughs> Actually, it was probably number one, but he's like expanding it. Like he doesn't want to let that be known that it was them. Yeah, it was somewhere in the top hundred, you know, somewhere ish. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, for people who don't know you, and, and most of the <laughs> listeners of the show know Mike Magnuson, CEO of GoodBed.com, um, and Jeff Cassidy, who's your colleague, coworker, friend. You guys have your own show called Mike It Up, and you're coming back for season two, I believe it is. And it's going to be, no, season three, sorry, season three. And it's going to be featured on fam at fam.news under the mic it up tab over there. We're going to push it out to our newsletter. So if go to fam.news, make sure you subscribe. And then you can also from there subscribe to the mic it up podcast on Apple and Spotify and all those good platforms. Uh, but we're so excited you're coming back for season two. Can you give us just before we talk chat GP, GPT, can you give us any uh, inside topics that you're going to be uh, featuring in season three? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the whole genesis of season three, we, we weren't really feeling like a burning, unlike you guys, we don't feel like we have to be in front of a microphone all the time. <laughs> I mean, we do it more just when we feel like we need to. And, and we did feel like we needed to because we realized that since the last time we recorded an episode, the world had changed dramatically. And the industry is now facing a different environment than it's really faced anytime in the last 15 years. And it's requiring a whole new set of strategies. And so we thought, hey, that's kind of our jam is, is data, insights, strategy. And so we thought we should come back with a season that's really about how to help retailers uh, as well as manufacturers survive and thrive in this completely different world that we're now occupying for the foreseeable future. Mm. So that's the theme of season three. Love it. Can't wait for it. I mean, I would that actually... 
so whets my appetite that I want to know more right now, but we will save it for season three and I will be your first listener. In the meantime, I, I have to show you something. Okay. We're talking about chat GPT. Okay. So Quinn, why don't you tell us for people who don't know what chat GPT is, why don't you try to put it into language a fifth grader could understand because you're talking to me and Max. <laughs> right. Well, you guys, it's interesting because chat. He's got to speak up. He's got to be like the, the he's the second grader. So he's got to actually try to act like he's talking to an older kid. Is that what the idea is here? No. <laughs> I, if I had pictures, <laughs> I could show you pictures and like bring you along at the storybook, but I don't have anything like that. So chat GPT is a, an artificial intelligence platform that is growing so fast and, and people are liking it. You guys, I just, for context to the invention of the iPhone or Google, like that's like, okay, well, you can't say that the iPhone was just massive innovation, but that's what people are saying. And it's so crazy. So it actually stands for chat generator, generator, generative pre-trained. Speak up. I can't hear you. Yeah. I love really? how you stuck with that. I mean, you really hung in there and made it through yeah. that whole acronym. You didn't quite stick the landing, but man, you, you were <laughs> well, twirling. Why don't you two just yeah. hush it and let me get through this? Um, humans taught it to respond, and it has the ability to write and debug computer programs, compose music, teleplays, fairy tales, student essays, answer test questions, sometimes at above the average level of human test taker write poetry, song lyrics, emulate a Linux system, and simulate an entire chat room as well as play games like tic-tac-toe and simulate an ATM. And here's some perspective for you fellas. Think about Twitter and how big Twitter is today. Twitter reached a million users in 24 months. Facebook reached a million users in only 10 months. Instagram reached a million users in only two months. And chat GPT reached a million users in under five days. That's how hot this property is. Whew. That is some heat. That's heat. That is some heat. So I signed up for an account. And it's funny because whenever you sign up for new social media networks, you know, maybe the first one was Facebook and then you get into Twitter and Instagram and some of the others, you kind of know what to do. You're like, oh, I guess I'll post something. You know, or I'll go research it and look at friends and what they're posting. Whenever you sign up for chat GPT, I didn't quite know what to do in the very beginning. I'm like, what do I do with my hands? Like, where do I go from here? And then you do a little bit of research and you start punching in questions. You start telling it to summarize things. But you know what? Let's just, for those of you watching, and we'll describe this to anybody that's actually listening. Let me just share my screen because I have asked chat GPT a few questions and we'll read through some of the responses that it generated. So I'm pulling it up here on the screen. So the first thing I said was, please write a message telling the galaxy's second best mattress podcaster to quit making podcasts. <laughs> and Quinn, you can read the response. As soon as I can does see it. Call, does it call you by name? Mark? Does <laughs> it say Mark? <laughs> It says, I'm sorry, I cannot generate content that is harmful or disrespectful to others. It is important to communicate in a constructive, respectful manner. If you have concerns or feedback about a specific podcast, it would be best to reach out to the creator directly and express your thoughts in a polite and professional manner. So, Magnuson, would you yeah. pretty please? 
stop doing what you're doing and cut this shit. All right. Is this an intervention? <laughs> so then the next thing I said was, I wonder if I just ask it for some good insults, would it give me any? And it did not. It's, it repeated the same message as before. So finally, I had to frame it in a positive way. And I said, how can I become a better podcaster? And from there, it gave me 10 tips, everything from practice, research, and self-reflection all the way to consistency, authenticity, and being a good storyteller. And it actually gave 10 really good tips about becoming a better podcaster. And then because I thought about that. How, how long did it take from the time you asked the query until the time you got that list of 10 items? So there is a little period of time where it is generating the response. And I would say it lasted 10 seconds. And it then it started typing out all these really good tips on becoming a better podcaster. And then I thought about Magnuson. I'm like, Magnuson makes some pretty darn good mattress videos. Really good mattress videos. So then I was like, how can I get better at making mattress videos? This is what I asked chat GPT. And it gets into everything from creativity and lighting to, to equipment, short and sweet, be honest, showcase the key features, use a script that be natural. I mean, all the things that you do, Mags. I don't know about the short and sweet part. <laughs> There's a little bit of bloviating, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, some of those things we do. All right, so we just to give use people... a, we, actually, we don't use a script either, but we definitely keep it natural. So you definitely keep it natural. So that that was pretty cool. And then I, you know, I've so, I've noticed people that are using Chat GPT online, they're going to articles or they're going to book summaries, and then they'll actually tell Chat GPT to summarize this. So I actually grabbed one of your articles from GoodBed.com. And I said, summarize this article in language a fifth grader can understand. Hmm. And so I inserted the link, uh, which is your mattress matching article. Mm -hmm. And it spit out a paragraph. And it said, this article is talking about how to choose the right mattress for you. A mattress is something you sleep on. And it's important to pick the right one so you can have a good night's sleep. This article explains that there are different types of mattresses like foam, spring, and hybrid. And each one feels different. It's important to think about how you sleep and how you feel when you wake up to help you choose the right one. The article also talks about things like size, firmness, and price, and how they can affect your decision. Overall, the article is trying to help you find the best mattress for you so you can sleep well. I would actually say that's a weaker, that's a weaker output as, among what I've seen from ChatGPT because that's more telling you what's in the article and less actually summarizing it for you. It doesn't give you like the actual points that you would get if you read the article. It just tells you what you would learn if you read the article. I've seen it do better. Well, what are some use cases? Okay. So Magnuson, you've, you're in the tech scene, right? You're in the Silicon Valley, you know, you're in San Francisco. It's mm -hmm. hip. It's cool. You're surrounded by people that during rush hour, it looks like a futuristic video with all the machines that people are riding home to work yeah, on. Mostly so, hoverboards. People are riding around. Marty McFly jerseys. Personal yeah. drones flying. What are, <laughs> what are some of the, like being in the circles that you travel in and the talk about chat GPT, give us your take on it and the take that you're getting from some, some of the bright minds that you interface with. Well, I mean, I don't know about any of that, but, but my take on it, um, I don't know that it's it's necessarily competition for like mattress companies, for example, because uh, that was one of the questions that I had been asked um, prior to this this podcast. But 
it, it does represent, I think, potentially competition for what we do, because it's really just taking it, it's an information creator, essentially. So it is both competition as well as potentially a channel in the same way that Google is. One of the things that I think is completely undetermined at this point is that like when Google came out and basically said, we're going to take the web and make it more searchable, the quid pro quo, which by the way, many publishers still didn't feel was good enough. The quid pro quo was we're going to put your content on our search results page, but the quid pro quo is we're going to link to it. So we're going to ultimately drive traffic to your website if people want to learn more about than than the brief snippet that we put on our search results page. Um, so it was not only cited, but it was also linked to. And and again, that even that pro, quid pro quo for many years and even now, a lot of publishers feel it isn't good enough. It's like they feel like they're getting the short end of the stick. And the more that Google takes content off of your page and puts it on their page, like with this knowledge graph stuff or some of the rich snippets that they feature in their results, the more that disgruntlement grows. Well, this is taking that to its logical extreme, right? This is taking entirely all the sourcing and all that stuff is gone. All the attribution, the linking is gone, but it, make no mistake. It still is based on your content as a publisher. They, this thing has no inherent intelligence. All it's doing is crawling the web the exact same way that Google does. And then instead of spitting back a list of what it considers to be the best pages about this query, it's synthesizing the information on those pages and spitting back to you a paragraph in human readable English that summarizes or answers that query. That's what it's doing. But as a publisher, what is completely still to be determined is how are they going to get attribution? What will be the quid pro quo that makes that acceptable for the original content provider. I don't know that there is any answer to that. Is there? Because if you're asking, it to do, if you're if you're asking it to write a summary of content, the summary in and of itself is original content, right? And even my son, I'll tell you the re, the crazy part. <clears throat> Nick, a senior in high school, he's got friends using it to write papers. And normally you can put a paper through a filter and it will tell you if it's plagiarized now, you know, with chat GPT generating all original content, you're like, crap, like, you know, that's a concern, right? But taking in a, a work and summarizing it is still plagiarism. That's still a form of plagiarism. Hmm. So, so this is yet to be, this will get played out in the courts. Like once this becomes revenue generating, like once Google steps into this and starts putting ads against this type of content or Microsoft, I mean, uh, Microsoft is a backer of ChatGPT, uh, but they haven't yet tried to monetize any of this. Once that starts to happen, I guarantee this will be heavily litigated in the courts. Um, so Mark, on that note, so there's that issue, but you know, you played around with it. You've shown us some things you've done here just today. Talk about, Mark, for us, like, what do you think, like, the application of this kind of technology could be for someone in the mattress industry, either on the retail side and the manufacturing side? Mike, I want to come to you next. I think what I noticed uh, whenever I was doing some research around application, like how people are actually using it, uh, there was a, a video on TikTok. And by the way, the fam is on TikTok now, so you can follow us. 
That's right. And so on the video, there was a, a young lady. She wanted to write a letter to her landlord about why she should get her deposit back. And it wrote it in very legal sounding language and was very compelling. So it was, it was that. And then I noticed somebody who was pasting a piece of code. So like programming code and they pasted it into chat, chat GPT. And they said, find the bug in this code and chat GPT identified the bug in the code and spit it out with the correction. Um, and th then there's, you know, like a lot of social networks and new tools, there's all the funny stuff you can do that makes people laugh, but it's, it's the application of like the real work that's being done. Um, that kind of takes you from funny to like, Oh my gosh, this can actually be useful. I mean, it can, you can ask chat GPT to, uh, you know, tell you, um, for example, do take, Take a you know, make this sound like a biblical verse explaining how to remove a peanut butter sandwich from a VCR, and it'll spit out. And it came to pass that a man was troubled by a peanut butter sandwich, for it had been placed within his VCR, and he knew not how to remove it. And he <laughs> cried out to the Lord, saying, Oh, Lord, can I remove this sandwich from my VCR? For it is stuck fast and will not budge. Like stuff like that's funny, but you got to think, okay, when it comes to content creation, and just like you described, Mike, whenever you're thinking about how to absorb inputs and then make them outputs, that's been a big disconnect between the internet and the human being has always been the interface. Sure. Like we've been the ones in the middle. It was like, okay, I still have to go out and read these things and then I have to pull them in and I have to synthesize it into something meaningful and, and provide an output, whether that's content or videos or product ideas or code or whatever it might be. And so I think the big piece of application for this right out of the gates is going to be, okay, I can actually shortcut the process and give myself something to react to. I might still need to be the one who makes it meaningful for my industry, but it really does. I mean, for me, like in a higher level sense, say, say to me like, okay, the one who now masters how to apply this type of knowledge is the one who is going to maintain relevance. Mm -hmm. Because I think you're right, Mike, like when it comes down to it, I mean, this is going to play out in the courts. There's going to be all kinds of, uh, there'll be all kinds of lawsuits and litigation around uh, plagiarism and, um, you know, the source from which chat GPT is pulling that information. Uh, there's going to be a lot there. Um, so I think for now, let's have fun with it and also <laughs> recognize um, how you can make it meaningful for your business while also not making it something that you could be liable for in a court of law. But, you know, but Mike was talking about summarizing content, right? So the, the cool thing too, is you can just say it's original content, say, write me, cause I did this, write me a 500 word blog post about the impact of sleep on athletic performance and do it at a fifth grade level. And it spit it out right away. That that's not summarizing an article. That's that not is summarizing an article. But but I still think the courts right. are going to have to decide what. So if a human did that, if a human went in like did primary research, well actually it's not really primary research. I guess it's secondary research, reading a bunch of articles, and then summarized like maybe coming up with a list of the ten best 
podcasting tips or something like that. Put it in their own voice. It's probably compiled from like a bunch of lists of how to create better podcasts. So if a human did that, you wouldn't ever, you can't imagine that being a big court case, partly because uh, a human went in there and presumably made decisions that only a human is capable of making, but also because it would be like one human can only have so much impact with with one article that it wouldn't be sensible to litigate that in court. But if that human was like the superhuman, like that, that could go do that, like summarize every article on the internet all the time, uh, then it would start to become uh, it, not just summarize an article, but summarize 10 articles into one. Then the people who wrote those articles would rightfully start to say, Hey, like, he's using my stuff. He doesn't know anything about podcasting. I was the one who wrote the article. He, I, I should deserve a 10th of what he got from that compiling 10 articles into one because he used my article as one of his 10 sources. And there would be a court case to decide, well, was that okay that he did that? And so that's, and, and then I think the question of whether a machine, if a machine does it, is that different than when a human does it? That's a separate question that needs to be answered as well. Well, I'm not an attorney, but to push on that a little bit, there's no possible way that anybody will be able to understand the source, the original source of the information that chat GPT summarized to create the original content, right? So you're not going to know. I mean, it could be, you know, 10 different articles about how to make a better podcast, but how are you ever going to know where they borrowed information on to create that content? It is hard to unearth because it's all wrapped in this machine learning algorithm. However, what we do know is they got it from somewhere. Right. It didn't so, come out of some inherent. That's the thing that makes it different when it's a machine, not a yeah. human. Like there's no argument to, that they could make that, oh, no, no, the machine just knows how to make good podcasts. So, so Mike, think about it in, in your terms, right? So goodbed.com or think about people with their own websites. Like how do you apply the technology, the application? to what a mattress retailer or a manufacturer, how could they use it? Like, what do you think about that? Well, I think what, what a lot of people are talking about is SEO. Like, can you create good content that would be useful for humans um, more efficiently than you could otherwise? Uh, so that's, that's something that I think people need to look at. Like maybe if there's things that you thought, oh, I would, I would definitely like to do this from an SEO standpoint, but I've never been able to, it has never made sense economically to have humans go ahead and create such and such type of content. This might be an opportunity to think, hey, is this something that I could use ChatGBT to create this for me? Because it definitely changes those economics. That article that might take a human two hours to write can take 10 seconds in ChatGPT and be essentially free. But it's gotta be, it's gotta pass that test of, is it useful to humans? And so that's, but that's something to think about for sure. So SEO is a definite case that a lot of people are talking about. Social media, by the way, is another thing. Like that's something that we're thinking about too. Like one of the things I dread is like coming up with like things to post on social media. Like I, I'm just not a, a prolific social media poster by nature. So the idea of coming up with, hey, this is, this is, if, even if I know what I want to post, writing the paragraph that sort of introduces it on social media is 
takes me longer than it should, or like, than it feels like it's worth to me. But that's probably something I can use ChatGPT to help me with. Just write a friendly introduction to this article. Uh, in you know, I can probably figure out ways to coach ChatGPT to do what I want it to do in those instances, and it can be a, a really handy tool. Read about a college professor who taught core, MBA courses, and part of the essay response to a test, he put it through ChatGPT, and apparently was able to look at it. Um, not knowing it was chat GPT. So kind of mixed it up in the, in the different papers and it was a plus work on, on many elements on many essay questions. Do you guys want to look at, uh, you want to look at some more examples here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So one thing I did, I was like, Hey, write a poem about mattresses. So we can read a couple of lines, a mattress, soft and warm, a place to rest and feel calm. It holds us tight through darkest night and cradles, cradles us till morning light. Quinn, take this one. It's there to ease our aching bones and mend our way hearts and moans. It's more than just a bed to sleep. It's where we dream and memories keep Magnus and go. A mattress is a friend to all. It's there to catch us when we fall. It's where we find our peace and rest and where our worries come to rest. I don't like the rhyming with two words in the same, you know, the same word. That's, that's, that's don't weak. ruin the vibe. Kinsley, keep going. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I, th I hear you, Mike, maybe we could tell chat GPT like that needs to do it differently. If we could come up with the words and the inputs, you got the same thing coming in this next paragraph. It's, uh, it's more than deer. just a simple thing. It's where we find the joy that brings. So let us thank our mattress dear for all the comfort it holds dear. And when the night is dark and still and all around is calm and chill, we'll lay upon our mattress soft. You're moving it. Where did it go? And dream of all the things we've got. And dream of all the things we got. Hey, it would take us a hell of a long time to write a poem about a mattress. Come on. That did this, it in what? Like four seconds? Yeah. yeah. Tell me a joke about mattresses. Quality I per that second. In. That was good. But quality mm. overall, not so good. Not man, so good. You're too hard. This is a man. What's wrong with you today? You're like all <laughs> like throwing daggers. Like, come on, lighten up. No, no, no. I'm, I, I think it's important to understand because I guess this maybe is partly where I'm coming from in, in my universe. Like we've already like I was one of the first five days of people to sign up for this. Like it was a it was a it's been a big thing here since the second it came out. And it's kind of seen as like this transformative thing, but I think it's also, and, and it is, and I don't mean to undermine that, but it's also important to recognize like what the limitations are of this. Yeah, you know, no, no doubt. No doubt. Well, speaking of limitations, uh, we're up against the clock because we're trying to keep our podcast below 20 minutes and we're already six over. So um, look, here's the yeah. deal with, to summarize it, chat GPT, we're still exploring it but you can see some of the use cases and some of the potential and some of the threats that could really make it problematic for, for businesses, for content creators, for people in the marketing space. But also like, I just like this idea of shortcutting the, the prompt. I mean, the tyranny of the blank page sometimes is really tough for people. So it's just like anything else. I mean, if you can find a search engine or a way to feed yourself more inputs more quickly to give yourself an advantage and then synthesize that into your authentic voice, I think you might be onto something. And then who knows where this goes? You know, we showed you the code example, like people that are doing computer programming. Um, but tell us like, hey, hop on and go to fam.news, drop us a note 
uh, hit us up on social. How are you using it? What are some of the craziest things you've seen it do? We would love to hear from you because this is going to be a moving target. Love that. And play around. Yeah, we want to hear it all. So, Michael. Yeah. You can just, like, with your new podcast series, um, you can translate it all into the written word. This is what we're going to do. We're going to translate all your shows into the written word, and then we're going to ask ChatGPT to uh, rewrite um, everything but with satire in the form of Cheech and Chong movies. So nice. that's what we're going to do. And we're going to post all your content <laughs> that way. All right. That's good. I like it. <laughs> all right. Hey, Mags, before we go, give us, give us one like headline or a couple of headlines from, you, from your new podcast, season three of the Mike It Up podcast. Okay. Well, we've, we haven't recorded many of them yet, uh, but, but the one that the first episode uh, is going to feature Seth Basham from Wedbush Securities. He's their Hardlines retail analyst. So he covers all the pure play mattress companies like Temper Sealy and Pure Purple and Sleep Number, but also some other peripherally related ones that sell mattresses, Wayfair, Home Depot, Lowe's, Bed Bath and & Beyond, and, and so forth, but also even just other categories of retail that I think are, have analogs to the mattress category. So he's really helping us frame out season three by, by giving his outlook for what kind of economic environment are we in now and where, is, where are things headed in 2023. And he gives a lot of really great information uh, in that regard and some surprising pieces of information about um, what he sees in the numbers as to like where we are in the pandemic hangover and where we are just in uh, more of a secular consumer demand cycle. And so I think it's going to be some really interesting information for people to, to, um, to hear. That's excellent, man. We're glad you're back for season three, you and Cass and a host of good guests. And uh, like I said, go to fam.news, make sure you're subscribed and you can get to the mic it up podcast. Mags, thanks so much for being uh, back on the show to chat about chat GPT. My pleasure. And sorry for being negative. I will not, I'll bring more positivity next time. <laughs> Whatever no. it is we're talking about. You're, you're keeping negativity. it real. Don't go, don't, don't take a turn in negative town with me. You're, you're, you're keeping it real. Not my and, style. I'm a positive it, guy, so I don't like to be bringing no, it back. I'm, I'm bringing it, it back positive. The contrarian time. voice. It's okay. That's, that's all that's I was right. going for. And if you're listening to the show, don't forget, tell your friends about it. It's a campfire. Bring them along for the ride and listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, and give us that big five-star review. Give a five-star review for that Mike Magnuson guy. He's worth it. He doesn't like reviews, really, though. Yeah. It's a fad. Bounce on it. Oh, oh.